This book is on understanding Austrian economics and essential economic policy issues. It might be asked, what is Austrian economics and what makes it important to better understand the economic policy issues we face today? In a nutshell, as I attempt to explain in the following chapters, Austrian economics is the most powerful explanation of why governments, no matter how well-intentioned, lack the knowledge, wisdom, and ability to direct the lives of multitudes of people better than those people can do for themselves, if left sufficiently at liberty to do so. Austrian economics reminds us that human beings are reasoning and acting individuals who, nonetheless, are imperfect creatures with imperfect knowledge. We often make mistakes, but we have the unique ability to creatively devise ways to improve our lives and those of others in peaceful social interaction in the arena of open and competitive markets. Over the last 100 years, governments have attempted to replace people's own free actions for mutual betterment with systems of government regulation, planning, redistribution, and control. These have gone under the names of socialism, communism, fascism, national socialism, Nazism, interventionism, welfare statism, progressivism, the third way, social democracy, Keynesianism, and many others. Their common premise is that those in political authority and power can micro and macro manage the social and economic affairs of human society in ways better and more socially just than the free market. Austrian economics shows why and how it is that all these attempts at government social engineering have failed, and often with disastrous consequences. Both in the United States and in most other parts of the world, governments, whether democratic or authoritarian, impose spider's webs of controls, commands, prohibitions, and restrictions on what goods may be produced, with what methods of production and employment conditions, and for what prices and wages. International trade and commerce is no different. Participating governments hail occasional free trade agreements under which goods and services may be imported or exported. But these agreements are filled with domestic content rules, restrictions on methods of manufacture and sale, and either explicit or implicit rules on how many of those goods may be sold in another country, as well as remaining import duties and taxes meant to shield domestic producers from foreign rivals. Government Fiscal and Monetary Irresponsibility in addition, governments all over the world practice fiscal irresponsibility. High and targeted tax rates and levels often undermine the incentives for work, saving, and investment. Government spending frequently seems out of control, with expenditures not only far outside the bounds and purposes of a free market society, but with annual rates of increase noticeably in excess of various countries' rates of economic growth. The result is that the slices of the national economic pies absorbed by governments are expanding faster than the national economic pies are growing. Furthermore, government deficit spending has become the rule rather than the exception in seemingly every major country around the globe. Rather than admit to the citizen taxpayers what the true financial costs of government activities really are, the subterfuge of government borrowing hides from view 
the real full burden in terms of resource use from the activism, interventionism, and redistributivism of the political paternalism in our time. Finally, the world is in the grip of an unrestrained monetary central planning through the institution of central banking, which in the United States takes the form of the Federal Reserve System. The monetary central planners who manage and direct central banks flood the world with the paper monies for which they are respectively responsible. The great open secret of our time is the extent to which this has been going on for decades, and especially since the recession of 2008-2009. This reckless policy has failed to fully grab the attention of the general public or the news media because of the relatively low rate of general price inflation as measured by various price indices. But it remains nonetheless the case that this open spigot of monetary expansion has once again created the risk of another recession or even depression down the road through the distortion of interest rates, the misdirection of investment and capital formation, and the misallocations of labor and other resources.